Pete Alonso reportedly wants a 10-year deal from the New York Mets. Should they give it to him? We'll discuss that more on today's edition, Locked On Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans who are listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, in the first segment, I will discuss the report about Pete Alonso's contract and if the Mets should actually give him a 10-year deal, if that is what he's after. The second segment... We'll discuss the Mets beating the Marlins. Uh, big blowout victory where Mark Vientos came up big. I'll continue talking about Mark Vientos' great close to the season in the final segment, as well as the Mets' pitcher and top prospect of the year. Before we get to any of that, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FicklesteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Now, there was an interesting report that came out today about Pete Alonso and his contract situation. This was from Pat Regazzo of Sports Illustrated. He writes there inside the Mets, and here's what he said in the report. The New York Mets and star first baseman Pete Alonso are on the same page when it comes to the financials for a long-term extension, but they are apart when it comes to the amount of years on a potential deal, as a team source told inside the Mets. The same source says Alonzo is seeking a 10-year deal, but the Mets have been unwilling to meet him on this number so far. Now, if you think about a contract, a 10-year deal, if it starts next season, would pay Pete Alonzo for his age 29 season, he turns 29 December, through his age 38 season. The New York Mets more likely would like to keep him you know, into his mid-30s, not so much into his late 30s. So let's say it's an eight-year deal. That'd be age 29 through age 36. If it was a seven-year deal, that would be age 29 through age 35. But, of course, if the contract's shorter, the average annual value has to be greater. Regardless, it's an interesting report because that would make a lot of sense that they could come to terms based on the other first baseman who have signed about how much he's going to get, but the years would be a sticking point. Billy Upper, though, completely denied this report. He let out a statement where he says, while we understand the media and public interest and player contract situations, we strongly believe in keeping those conversations private. Any circulating reports do not accurately reflect our conversations with Pete. Now, in some respects, they could, this could just be Billy Epler covering his backside, right? He might be frustrated that anything got out. I'm sure he is frustrated that anything got out. Or, you know, in this case, he's trying to paint it as a completely false report. I know Pat Regazzo. He's been on this show before. Me and him worked together at Mesmerize. I don't think he's just making this up. Now, how accurate his reporting is, you know, where he got the information from, that I'm not aware of. I don't know. I don't know how many you know sources he confirmed his reporting with, but I don't think he just wrote an article for clicks entirely. I don't think he just came up with this and said, hey, I'm going to say it's a team source and I'm just going to go with it. I think he he got this information from somebody and – it's information that makes a lot of sense, okay? 
And the frustrating thing for me is I've been talking about Pete Alonso's contract for literally years. There was a podcast I did on December 27, 2021, talking about a potential framework for a Pete Alonso contract. And every year that's passed, the Mets have lost some negotiation. They've lost leverage in the negotiation. Because when you have years of arbitration in your pocket, you're able to get a better deal. So originally, December 27, 2021, at the time, the Mets are still sitting on 2022, 2023, and 2024 of arbitration. And I then proposed a contract that would have been a 10-year, $180 million deal. So that would have been including the three years of arbitration and seven free Asian years, which is exactly, I think at this point, the amount of years the Mets would be willing to commit to. Yes, it was a 10-year deal, but it was a 10-year deal you know, two years ago. So, and look, on that podcast, I literally say Pete Alonso is in line to lead the league in RBIs this year with all the on-base guys the Mets have in front of him. That's only going to increase the contract he's going to get. What did Pete Alonso do in that 2022 season? He led Major League Baseball in RBIs, 131. Exactly what I said was going to happen, and now the, the price goes up. November 28th, 2022, I do another contract uh, podcast, breaking down what I think Alonzo should get, armed with what I had said previously, and then factoring in what's happened since, everything else. On that show, I said he should get something between 20 and $25 million, anywhere between 8 and 10 years. I said it's very realistic to think that Alonzo would get a seven-year deal if he reached free agency, and I said the risk of letting him play out is that he could hit 90 home runs over the next two seasons. This is what I said in November and hit free agency with more home runs hit than anyone else since his debut. He's still in that position of hitting more home runs than anyone else since his debut, more RBIs as well. Last time I checked, he said 45 home runs this season. That's halfway to the 90. I said he would hit in the two years leading into free agency. Now, what I said on that show was that if he hits free agency after those seasons, he would be able to get the $27 million a year that Freddie Freeman got on the open market. But because of his age compared to Freddie, I said he might be able to get it over a seven-year deal. Excuse me. <laughs> COVID's still in the throat a little bit. Feeling a lot better today. Uh, regardless, seven years, $189 million if he hit free agency after two great seasons. He's had one solid one. If he's even better next year, I still think he's in line for that. So. Again, when you start to do the math on this, this is why I've been pushing for this contract for years because, again, you keep losing leverage. Last year on that show, I said the Mets should give him an eight-year, $184 million extension. Now, that would have included this season, next season, six free agent years. It would have been $23 million per. Now, another year has passed. That opportunity is gone. Alonzo is expected to make around $21 million in arbitration if he gets a similar jump that he saw last year in his final year of arbitration. So now he knows he's probably going to get $20 million next season, regardless if he, if he signs. And if he gets to free agency, he can get a $25 million a year contract. And he could probably get seven years. So that takes you to $196 million over the next eight seasons. Right? If he could squeeze an eighth year in free agency, that would be $221 million over the next nine seasons. Now, Alonzo wants a 10-year deal, reportedly. If it's 10 years, $220 million, do you do it? $22 million per? You say, 
man, that's a lot of years. But when you put it under that context of what he could make, you're basically just squeezing an extra year out of him. You're giving him an extra year and you're getting him at a lower price tag than you would otherwise. Now, I don't think the Mets are going to have to go to 10 years. I still think the contract I proposed last year actually makes some sense. I've seen a lot of people say, hey, give him eight years, $200 million. Well, Matt Olson signed an eight-year, $168 million contract with the Braves prior to last season. The difference was he was two years away from free agency. He would have hit free agency after this season, which, funny enough for him, considering the year he's had, he would have cashed in big time if he didn't sign that contract. But he's getting $21 million per, and he's playing for his hometown team. Good for him. Freddie Freeman makes the $27 million per, I already mentioned. Paul Goldschmidt makes $26 million per. Now, for Freeman, that was on a six-year deal. Goldschmidt, that was a five-year deal. Miguel Cabrera is making the most average annual value at first base at $31 million. He was a triple crown winner. You know, first bout Hall of Famer. He's in a different box. Pete Alonso. Let's just say he keeps that $21 million in arbitration and he hits free agency. You know, the money's going to be there for him, right? So the question is, what do you have to negotiate now to get him to sign on the dotted line? I still think you can get creative with the contract for Pete Alonso. You can put home run incentives in there. You can sweeten the pot on it. But the eight years, $184 million I talked about a year ago, I throw that back out there again. Okay. That's $23 million per se- or every season, right? The average annual value is $23 million. That's the luxury tax number. Now, that gets tacked on to the $21 million he probably makes in arbitration. It's a nine-year, $205 million deal. That's why I think that the $200 million eight-year deal, $25 million per, I don't think they have to necessarily go to that number. Now, maybe it is $23 million per, but you have to add on one more year to it. And you have to take them all the way up you know, through his age 37 season. I think it's worth it to, to get him to sign. The bottom line here is the New York Mets and Pete Alonso are talking about a contract. And I think that when you get to the offseason, cooler heads will prevail and you can hammer out a deal that's going to make sense. Maybe the final year of the deal is a mutual option. So you protect yourself a little bit, big buyout, whatever it is, so that, you know, if you don't want to pay him for that age 37 season, you can get out of it. Um, I don't think he necessarily gets the 10-year deal at this point, but eight-year extension, including his one year, nine years total, I think that could happen. It could be reasonable, and I wouldn't be mad at it. So we'll see ultimately where these negotiations continue to go. Uh, but at this stage now, uh, it's just fascinating how much has been focused on this in this second half, it's been the main talking point, which is, I'm sure, very frustrating for both the Mets and Pete Alonso. But at every turn, he's reiterated that he wants to stay with the Mets. And ultimately, I think that happens. But the funny thing is, Mark Vientos had a great game on Wednesday night. And if you want to play devil's advocate, you could say there's always prospects like Mark Vientos that come around. You have a Ryan Clifford in my leagues right now that would make a guy like Pete Alonso expendable. So 
You never know how all this could actually unfold. Maybe it goes in the other direction. We'll see. In the next segment, I want to talk about Mark Fiantos' big game and how the Mets beat the Marlins in that series. Before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Have you ever been in the situation where you want to go to the game, but find tickets are so stressful that you ultimately decide to watch the game from home? Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have at the game. Game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time's going to credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag tickets without the stress with game time. The Mets are about to start their last homestand next week. So last chance to watch the Mets for months and months and months. You're not going to see them again until what? End of March, early April. This is your chance and the tickets are going to be cheap. The Mets have been bad this year. You can get great last minute deals. Download the game time app, create an account. Use the code Lockdown MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code Lockdown MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price, guaranteed. The New York Mets for the Philadelphia Phillies at 7.15 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday night. Catch every pitch in the Mets' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Mark Vientos was the big star on Wednesday night, his first multi-home run game of his career. The first home run came in the second inning off Yuri Perez, Marlins rookie phenom, who very much looked like a rookie pitcher, pitching up against an innings limit. Uh, he was not quite as sharp as he's been throughout this season. In this at-bat, was supposed to throw a slider down and away, ended up middle in. Vientos did not miss it. Hit 100.7 miles per hour off the bat on a line into left field, got out of the ballpark in a hurry. That got the Mets on the board and then scored two more runs in the third inning, one of which on a single from Ronnie Mauricio, though he did not get the RBI. Uh, Brandon Amos on first base. He goes first to third on the single, and then an error on the third to third allowed him to come around to score. It also allowed Mauricio to get on third base. He would score uh, with Pete Alonso hitting a sacrifice fly to drive him in. Good game for Mauricio. He went one for three with two walks. Now his OPS is at 754. Got to love a two-walk game for Mauricio. Baby Mets. It was all baby Mets in this game, okay? Because in the top of the sixth inning, Vientos homers again. This was on another slider, and this one was hanging. It was on a tee right down the middle, and he obliterated it. 109.2 miles per hour off the bat. Hit it well over 400 feet. So big, big game from him. I'm going to discuss Vientos' September a little bit in the next segment, but Funny thing is, this home run was not the longest hit of the day. That one actually belonged to Brett Beatty. The Mets, they scored two more runs in the seventh. Brandon Nemo doubled. Ronnie Mauricio walked. Pete Alonso had an RBI single. Francisco Lindor drives in another run on a ground out. But it was the top of the eighth inning. Johnny Cueto come in, came into the game in relief, and he gives Brett Beatty a pitch that was inside. It was definitely not in the strike zone. But belt high, Beatty just ambushed it and destroyed it 
113.1 miles per hour was the exit velocity off the bat. That pitch went to the upper tank in right field, 440 feet. Just an absolute bomb. The other day, I was referencing my bold prediction prior to the season that the Mets rookies would hit 40 home runs this year. To be fair, I'm not including Ronnie Mauricio right now. He does have one home run. That would push me up to 39. But in that prediction, I only reference Vientos, Beatty, and Alvarez. And right now, we are very close. Because of the two-home run game from Vientos and Beatty hitting one out, they are now at 7 for Vientos, 8 for Beatty. That's 15. Francisco Alvarez at 23. Those three Mets rookies have combined to hit 38 home runs. So we're right there. We just need two more over this final week and a half. And, uh, yeah, one of my uh, few bold predictions that will actually come true. Now, Brandon Nemo, he homered in the ninth inning, his 24th of the year. The Mets ultimately won 8-3. to three. The Marlins now are a half a game out of a playoff spot. The Cubs couldn't take advantage. They lost the game to the Pirates. Otherwise, they'd be sitting in a pretty comfortable spot in that third wild card. Uh, right now, though, it's just that half a game. The Marlins entered this series in the wild card. They're now out of it. The Mets moved to 7-3 in their season series against the Marlins this year with three left to play at the beginning of next week. Would love nothing more than for the Mets to win another series against them and push them further uh, from that playoff picture. Now, the funny thing is, all I've talked about is the offense and the Mets winning, but I did not talk about what you could argue is the co-player of the game along with Vientos. That's Kodai Senga. He was good once again, six innings pitch, allowed just two runs on seven hits and two walks. Only three strikeouts tonight. Uh, that puts him at 194 for the season. And Buck Showalter did say that his start next week against the Marlins, I believe he said on Wednesday, will be his last start of the year. So he's got to get six strikeouts to get to 200. Sitting with the 296 ERA and 28 starts and 161 and a third innings pitched. He's been remarkable. I mean, you couldn't have asked for anything more out of Kodai Senga. He just delivered start after start. Pitched great in the second half. Obviously, the Mets were out of it, but uh, you know, at a time where there wasn't really much to watch but Kodai Senga, he lived up to that, and he gave Mets fans who are still tuning in and watching these games a start a week where they could look forward to seeing this guy go out and deal. I'm looking forward to seeing him try to get to 200. You know, I don't know if that's important to him. I got to think it probably is a little bit. So we can see him pitch for the strikeout a little bit against the Marlins next week. Maybe get to that six outside shot and get to 170. Just throw a complete game, Kodai. That's it. Complete game. You get to 170 on it in the innings pitch. That's probably not going to happen, but the 200 strikeout still well within his reach. He's not going to win the Cy Young, but he might finish in the top five, if not the top three. And he's not going to win the rookie of the year because Corbin Carroll for the Diamondbacks just completed today a 25 home run, 50 stolen base season. He's going to add to that. That's going to win rookie of the year. But Senga probably runner-up uh, could be you know runner-up and second runner-up in those two award races. To close the show today, though, I want to talk about Mark Vientos and how he's closing out his year strong. And also the Mets named their minor league player of the season and their minor league pitcher pitching prospect of the season. So we'll get to that as well. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into the NFL action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. 
The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. The New York Giants are playing Thursday night football tonight, 8.15 Eastern time. They are a 10.5-point underdog against the San Francisco 49ers with Saquon Barkley and Andrew Thomas both out for the game. But, hey, Daniel Jones coming off a big game last week where they came from behind. You know, Can they at least get within a touchdown and a field goal? Maybe. Here's a better way that you can play it, though. They're plus 410 on the money line. And, look, Thursday night football is weird. You never know what's going to happen. So here's what you do. Again, new customers are going to get $200 in bonus bets when you place a $5 bet. So put $5 down to the Giants with the money line. They pull off the upset. You get $20.50 in winnings plus your 5 bucks back. Uh, not to mention, you're going to get the $200 of bonus bets anyway. So just food for thought. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. New York Mets play the Philadelphia Phillies 7.15 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Get Jerry Pitch from the Mets hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Mark Vientos has put together a really nice month of September. 55 at-bats, okay? He is sitting here with a 291 batting average, 339 on base, 545 slug. Uh, it's four home runs now after the two home run game, eight RBIs. Good numbers on the season. It's still a disaster, but he's hitting the ball hard. He's getting consistent playing time. That consistent playing time didn't necessarily help him out in August, where in 65 at bats, he hit 169 with a 191 on base and a 262 slug. But now we're seeing a little bit. Let's just say in the final week and a half, he powers three more home runs out. All of a sudden, if he has a seven home run month in September to close the season, you're going to look at Mark Vantos a little bit differently heading into next year. Uh, you know, Brett Beatty, I don't know if he can salvage anything from his season. I feel like Mark Vantos has at least salvaged a month where he's looked decent. And, you know, that's going to play a little bit coming into spring training next year. I've already sort of made my case for why the Mets don't need to necessarily add much on the offensive side of things. They can sort of trust that the youth movement is going to continue to fill those positions for them. And, you know, Vientos is a guy that I think in some respects could be moved and maybe this good month allows the Mets to, to do that where another team will look at what he's done. And I'm not saying Mark Vantos is going to get you a starting pitcher to slot into, you know, the top of your rotation, but could Mark Vantos become a really nice sweetener in a trade where, you know, maybe you have to part with one of the prospects you got this year, um, you know, at the deadline and all of a sudden you can plug in a number two starter because you put whatever prospect it is, Let's say it's Luis Angel Acuna because you're excited about Jet Williams and maybe you don't need another middle infield guy and you trade Acuna who you just got and Mark Vientos and boom, you get a great starting pitcher. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. But you know, Mark Vientos is a player that's at least salvaging some value here, whether it's to potentially be moved in a trade or a guy that, again, can, can eat some at-bats for you at DH, first base, third base in a, in a pinch if you need him. You know, there, there, there's some value to a 40-man roster bat that can routinely hit the ball over 100 miles per hour. And 
that's the thing about Mark Vantos. He hits the ball really hard. He can make great impact. Just a matter of putting himself in good counts and lifting. I mean, cause he's hit the ball on the ground way too much in the big leagues this year. But again, solid close to a season, I, I think goes a pretty long way compared to, you know, just being a complete bust, which is what he was looking like even a month ago. Now we go to the minor league player of the year. And I just mentioned him a second ago in passing that's jet Williams. Uh, he's the prospect that I think absolutely deserves it. Started the year in Port St. Lucie, finished the year in double a at 19 years old, hit a big home run. Although that didn't really factor into this. I don't think I don't think looking at playoffs they're looking at the whole season, uh, but still, He's been amazing for the Mets this year. 425 on base percentage across 121 games played in his first real season in the minor leagues. Again, as a teenager, you know, 13 home runs, 22 doubles, eight triples. That's what 43 extra base hits, stole 45 bags, played pretty good defense at shortstop and center field. He's really a special player. And the more and more I think about it, the more, I start to say, did I have my top 10 ranked wrong? Should I have had Jet Williams number one in this system instead of number three? I think as we head into next year, depending on if he plays in the Arizona Fall League and how well he performs there, because if he does have a standout performance in the AFL, I think he's going to be a consensus top 50 prospect in baseball if he hasn't already done that. Um, If not top 25 by some publications, then I feel like he might just be the best prospect in the Mets system. Now, the pitching prospect of the year is Christian Scott, a guy that anyone who's been listening to this show this year has heard me rave about. Funny enough, these are the two guys that sort of starred in that playoff game that we were discussing on yesterday's show. He's another guy that started in the St. Lucie this year, although it was only one game started. I don't even remember if that was a rehab game or not. It was only two innings pitch. Uh, but he had six starts in Brooklyn, 2-2-8 ERA and 23-2 and third innings pitched. Then he goes to double a and was just as good if not better two four seven era uh, but he struck out 77 and 62 innings pitched and only walked eight just ridiculous numbers for christian scott uh you know i think the innings thing is going to be a question for him because i mean okay he threw a three so if you tack on three in the playoffs he's at a little over 90 innings pitched this year maybe he gets up to 95 innings What's that going to mean for him next year? Is his limit going to be 120 next season? How much could he impact the big league club under that innings limit? I don't know. He's a guy who I think could effectively pitch out of the bullpen and spurts next year if the Mets decide to go that route. But he's looking like a starting pitcher with real upside. So uh, great to see him get this honor. That's awesome for him. And next year, entering his age 25 season, We'll see. We'll see if he can ascend to the big leagues. But overall, Jet Williams, Christian Scott, I think are the two guys that have really made a name for themselves this year and absolutely worthy of getting that distinction. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. As always, make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show, Locked on Mets.